Hello and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm your host, Ellie Krieger. Sometimes the most important change you can make is to change your mind. Thinking about your well-being in a more holistic way can be pivotal for achieving true health. In this episode, Dr. Robert Graham, also known as Dr. Rob the Chef, helps us do just that. He dishes up specific easy ways to refresh your approach. He's a Harvard-trained researcher and physician, board-certified in both internal and integrative medicine, who's also a TED speaker, food activist, and chef. He uses the word fresh as an acronym for the five ingredients in the recipe to health, food, relaxation, exercise, sleep, and happiness. Listen. Dr. Robert Graham, what a joy it is to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Ellie, it's always good to see you, and it's always too long since I've seen you. I know. I don't know how so much time goes by, and I want to let the listeners know that we got to know each other really well and really became friends um, because you were my intern. I guess you call it your externship in your culinary school uh, process. And you did your internship, externship with me in my kitchen, and you were definitely the most credentialed intern I ever had as an MD. And it was really fun having you in my kitchen, cutting onions with you and developing recipes and and all that stuff. So we really got to know each other well then, and I'm I'm very grateful for that time. Well, they they offered me the, uh, the opportunity to go work in the back of the house in the kitchen, peel potatoes for eight hours or help Ellie write a book and do recipe development with her. So the choice was pretty easy. (laughs) It sounds like a no-brainer choice to me too, but I don't know. Some people really enjoy that restaurant work. So, um, But I'm glad we're on the same page there. I I actually wanted to ask you, I don't think I know if I ever asked you this, um, if you would share what inspired you as a doctor, as a physician to go to culinary school. Well, you know, for about 10 years prior to that, um, I was taking doctors out of a hospital and bringing them to the culinary school where I eventually got my degree because I believe that the old adage of food as medicine really needs to be applied. And again, for 10 years, I was this doctor who would like to cook. And when people think about food, they really don't think of a doctor. You know, in fact, most doctors don't know anything about nutrition, let alone the, the art of culinary. They don't know food at all. And so I, I decided if people are going to listen to me, I need to wear my chef whites and not my lab coat so that people could understand that I might take this so seriously. And it's been honestly one of those life-changing moments of learning the culinary arts and bringing, but, but, but bringing the science of medicine behind it really, I think, is, is a unique skill set that I know a dear friend of mine, uh, Linda Shu, has also been your guest uh, on it, too. And so there's only... To my knowledge, about 30 of us in the world that are both duly trained. Um, and I think the movement of culinary medicine is a perfect example of where I think medicine will be evolving and culinary nutrition as well is an evolving field. So I love the, uh, the idea that we're finally bringing together these really two important communities of health and medicine and food and nutrition. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I would have to say that when I started as a dietitian, I think even a lot of dietitians didn't really know much about food per se, and flavor, which is an interesting, which is an interesting uh, seeming conflict, because to me, nutrition is all about food. 
But I think it was for many nutritionists, it was more about grams of this and milligrams of that and so on, which is definitely important. But ultimately, if food doesn't taste great and doesn't feel compelling and isn't accessible and isn't doable, it all doesn't matter. The, how yeah, much and, you and know. It's hard, right? And you you did this for years. You know, it's it's hard to understand. We don't eat in micro and micro, uh, macro and micrograms, right? And I think both MDs and RDs have evolved in the way they approach patients um, when it comes to nutrition and food, right? And it's really talking about how food impacts your health, not how nutrition impacts your health. And one of the things I have to go back a little bit, remind um, you about is. I love the fact that every time we were doing a recipe, um, you would always say, how bad could this be? <laughs> how bad could this be? It Wait. was always based on, on the taste. It was always based on taste. And it was, <laughs> and then you went back and looked to see about the, the nutritional behind it. But it was such a focus on, on taste. And that's the real issue. And you make things that are healthy, but equally important, they have to taste good or else people are not going to eat it. They may eat it once, but then never again. Yeah, exactly. Well, like my husband says, um, every mushroom, because he's a mushroom forager, every mushroom is edible once. (laughs) Right. right. So I love that. But um, yeah, so you want to hook people and make them love it so much that they want to make it again. And it's funny that you say that about how bad could it be? Because I think I may have even said this on another episode, but just the context of that for listeners. it actually, bizarrely to me, is the motto of my kitchen. And it's mainly to take the pressure off myself because I put so much pressure on myself in pre- preparing to test a recipe and making sure that I troubleshoot every element and so on that once I get into the kitchen with the concept, I feel so nervous that I literally have to tell myself, how bad could it be? I'm using amazing ingredients. I'm putting passion into it. It's even if something's a little off, it's totally fixable. So that's what I say to calm myself down and get out of that kind of like paralysis of perfectionism that can hamper creativity. So, um, so yeah, that's part of that too. But I think the whole notion of flavor being an important ingredient, um, is so critical. And that's what the culinary aspect really brings to this for health professionals, but I'm kind of getting on a tangent, which is a really fun tangent, but I want to really address your one real good thing, which is to refresh, emphasizing the word fresh, your approach to wellness, refresh your approach to wellness. So this is kind of more than one change in a way, but it's really one change because it's a mindset shift. So changing your mindset. So what do you mean by refresh to take a fresh approach. You have a very specific definition of that for your practice and conceptually. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's an acronym. Um, fresh is, is, is an acronym and it stands for food, relaxation, exercise, sleep, and happiness. And it, oh, really I just is, want to repeat that again. Yeah. Food, relaxation, exercise, sleep, and happiness, all exactly. very important things, all very important. And, you know, Today, I actually, I posted something on my Instagram page about the, the theory of the iceberg, the iceberg model of health and illness. And the principle of what Fresh is all about is that it's a lifestyle approach to medicine. And unfortunately, most docs aren't taught about, as we said earlier, about nutrition or food, but also these kind of key ingredients or key pillars when it comes to our well-being. Um, sadly, 
in medical school, we don't learn about relaxation. Most people don't even know that there's a relaxation response. We all know that there's a stress response, but we don't know there's an equal and powerful relaxation response. And at the end, what I'll, I'll, I'll hopefully surmise our t- conversation with is my simple recipe or my simple uh, prescription for your listeners. We you know that the importance of exercise, but again, when was the last time your doctor's beyond the fact that you have to exercise more. They don't talk about how to lean into exercising. Sleep, we're, start, we're hearing a lot of buzz lately about how sleep is one of the most important pillars in terms of longevity. And then happiness is really grounded in the field of positive psychology. You know, we all want to be happy, but we've never been taught skills on how to achieve happiness or how to pursue it. But yet it finds itself itself in our Declaration of Independence, right? But again, think about that clinical encounter with your doctor, right? And it usually jumps into what I hate the two words, chief complaint. And when I used to teach my students, my residents, my docs, my young docs, that I don't like the word complaint because patients come to us because they're concerned about something, right? So to the docs out there, change the verbiage to chief concern instead of chief complaint right? And then talk about these five ingredients. You know, what are you eating? How are you relaxing? How are you moving? How are you exercising? How's your sleep? How do you find happiness? What brings you happiness? You know, and I think we have found over 20 years of experience, you know, um, that patients really want to talk and patients tell you their story. But unfortunately, in healthcare, particularly doctors, they stop you in about anywhere between eight to 18 seconds. So there's no chance for us to talk about these really important things that I think are the bedrock of our iceberg. And let me go back to that if I can, Ellie. So the iceberg, the only one-tenth of the iceberg is peeking out of the water, right? Nine-tenths of the iceberg is underwater. And that first layer that, that, that we see under the water is really our lifestyle, our community, our behaviors. And our behaviors change once we change our minds. And we owe it to ourselves to first change our minds, and then our behaviors follow. So that's how we kind of got to the whole fresh, fresh five, the five ingredients, the five pillars, but equally important, the RX in fresh stands for recipe, not prescription, because before there were prescriptions, doctors used to prescribe recipes. So the Latin of the RX originated from recipe, not from prescription. So just to give the context, so your business name, your practice name is Fresh RX. So, yes. So it's it's called fresh with the RX with the R. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That's great. That's just terrific. And I think that whole mindset shift is something that we're really doing here on this podcast. So this is just such a perfect fit because on this podcast, we're doing one real good thing at a time, but really touching on food, activity, finding joy in movement, not just exercising at the gym necessarily, but just finding joy in your movement, finding community uh, in various ways in your life, because there's overlaps, you know, going for walks with friends is, is one of my first episodes in, in my first dozen episodes. So even finding community within that, and there's so much overlap and it's like a web of wellness that you can create with these five pillars or with these five elements. And it's interesting to me because no one of them can stand alone to heal you or to make you better, or to make you feel better. They all really have to work in unison, I find. So even if we're talking about something like low energy, 
You have to look at what the person's eating. You have to look at if they're getting fresh air and exercise and moving. You have to, they have to look at what, at, of course, their sleep habits and whether they're getting enough and adequate amount of sleep. And you have to look at their community and what, what moves them and what motivates them and what support systems they have, because all of those things are necessary to feel energized. You can't have like totally. one of those elements missing and feel your, your best. So that's you how kind yeah, and you know, I, sorry to interrupt you, but you know, one of the things that I just came out today, I, I, you know, I see, pa- I, I still see patients too. I'm still a clinician, and one of the one of the dreaded concerns that comes to most doctors is this: the F word, fatigue. Right? It's one of the most common things that patients describe. I'm always tired, right? And so typically what happens, and I'm going to take you through a little clinical encounter, okay? What typically happens, right? You are a 54-year-old female, um, peri-postmenopausal. I'm just describing the patient I saw this morning. Um, in relatively good health, eats relatively good, right? Because everyone eats relatively good. Everyone exercises more than they do. Everyone sleeps less than <laughs> they recommend. And, um, and she came in with, the, with this chief concern of fatigue, now, when you go to a typical doc, right, they will say, all right, let's rule out anemia, let's rule out thyroid condition, and let's just, let's run labs, right? But before we do that, I would encourage people to think about, including patients and clients, think about how your, how your fresh pillars affect your fatigue, right? Because we all know that food, food is fuel, but the opposite is also true, bad food, bad energy, right? Relaxation. We all are starting to learn the fact that, you know, it's important to relax because stress is one of these epidemics that are, that, that is occurring. And in fact, nine out of 10 doctor's visits are related to stress, right? So that's an important pillar that we just don't address. In Wait, healthcare. that's, I have to stop there because that is huge. Is that true? Like nine yeah. out of 10 doctor's visits are related to stress. I'm exactly. not surprised really when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. But that's and incredible. Ex- and then I think exercising, the lack of exercises. This morning, I you know I go to the gym in the morning, and I love to see people that are yawning on what I call the treadmill, right, or the swear master, right. And it's, <laughs> I, I, I find it fascinating. It's like you're asleep, you're tired, but you're on the stairmaster, right. And then you know going obviously to sleep. You know, recent studies just showed people that sleep less than six hours a night have an increased risk of heart heart attack. Um, 13% increased risk of sudden death. So this is these are really small little changes, right? And happiness. I don't have to tell you that. You know, you surround yourself with people that make you feel happy, you are happier. You know, the the um uh, the people that don't make you feel well, you feel worse after them. They're energy vampires, right? And so I that's how I approach my patients first. And then of course I'll do the anemia workup, the thyroid workup, and in fact. Most of the times they're not anemic and they don't have hypothyroidism. And I also check for salivary cortisol because that's another marker of stress hormones, right? So it's a really, truly an integrative approach to using lifestyle as my kind of entry into healthcare. So that's just a clinical encounter of how I approach my patients um, when it comes to these five ingredients. And you're exactly right. They are not, they don't stand alone. They're synergistic right? Because when you eat better, you feel better. And when you feel better, you exercise. And when you exercise, you sleep better. And so it's, it's this synergistic. So it may be five things, right? And I know it's one thing. Um, and it, it starts with mindset. But at the same time, it, it's these five things that together makes a powerful difference in your life. 
Right. Yeah. So it is a change in mindset to think about that holistic approach rather than siloing things. And and yes, sometimes there's a a clear like, oh, you have iron deficiency or a medical issue. And you certainly have to rule that out and deal with that. But that probably most often it can be fixed, solved, improved. Even if it is a medical issue, it can be fixed, solved, and improved by approaching your lifestyle in these ways. And and that sense of all five of these elements. But I think what many people struggle with is the amount of time, there's only 24 hours in a day. So I have to, I'm going to sleep this many, I have to work this many. Um, I have to get to the gym. I have to, so it feels, I have to cook. I have to make time to do all these things. So I think for me, it feels like I'm constantly having to remind myself of my priorities. And I think this may help people because, you know, when you live in accordance with what you say your priorities are, then you're actually happier. So that, exactly. And I think many of us wind up really not making time to prepare food for ourselves, not being able to get enough sleep or feel like we are working out enough. But it really doesn't have to be that much. I I did one episode on activity snacks. So I think taking a little bit of the pressure down, you don't have to cook every meal perfectly, perfectly from scratch all the time. It can be quick, easy pantry items, making sure you have that. There are strategies, and this whole podcast is filled with them, strategies for making these you know, quick, healthy meals easier, strategies for exercising and moving in joyful ways that isn't necessarily going to the gym for an hour or 90 minutes mm-hmm. a day. All that counts. If you do a 10-minute walk or a 10-minute stretch or you take the stairs or you walk from your car and you park further in the parking lot, all of that matters. So I feel like we can make, we can structure our lives so that we have time to do all of these things without feeling like we're constantly overwhelmed. Uh, And I think, I think that is the beauty of the change in mindset, right? And again, I, a lot of our, our recommendations come out of um, Dan Buettner's work with the Blue Zones, right? And so the, the beautiful, he has nine, they have nine, I have five, right? Um, and <laughs> But the, I, there's done, so much synergy here. You know, he was just on the podcast a few yeah, weeks I know, ago, that's, actually. <laughs> that's, and I, I actually have had the honor and privilege of working with the Blue Zones um, on doing community assessments in in these kind of distressed communities and trying to identify ways that, a community, and I would like to talk about a, lot, a little bit about that too, because I think this is what a podcast does, right? It builds a community, and um, and we we have to make it a priority to take our take take care of ourselves, right? And I and you think about life like this, right? It's twenty four hours in a day. We can't change that, right? And so typically, what happens, right? You spend eight hours. You should be sleeping eight hours. Okay, you typically work. 10, eight hours, right? And then you have time with family and loved ones for eight hours. So how do you spend those eight thirds, right? So what happens is that people prioritize usually work and usually sacrifices time with loved ones and or sleep. And so if you prioritize something, your life will have to fall into line. And so find... First of all, your priority is your own well-being, right? The greatest wealth is your health. Um, And so prioritize that. And then you find a way to balance your life according to what you prioritize. So um, 
you know, Ariane Huffington said it, you know, said it best when she wrote her book, you know, I rather sleep than exercise. And like that person I was talking about this morning on the treadmill, like I would almost wanted to tell her, go to bed, you know, <laughs> go to, it'll be so much better for your health than getting on this treadmill, um, you know, yawning through it. And again, that's honoring your body, right? Honoring what you really believe is important. And I think the blue zones really do a good job because it's, it's easy, right? They, their exercise pillar is move naturally, right? Walk a little bit more, take the stairs. Um, we are, our recommendation at the end um, is 30 minutes, move for 30 minutes a day, right? And people, like, I don't have time. Well, walk for 15 minutes, turn around and walk back, right? And believe <laughs> me, 15 minutes goes by pretty quick. And I have to tell you, I, you know, often feel like I need a walk. I can tell I need a walk. I need to just get outside just to calm my nerves, actually, <laughs> get outside and also, you know, pump up my heart a little and get my chi flowing. Yeah. And I need to get outside, but I feel like I don't have time. Like I'm just not going to get all my work done or answer all my emails or whatever. And then this little voice in my head says, Ellie, you can't afford not to. Right take that walk because the larger, the broader picture, the longer term view of everything starts to come into play. So I think when you're thinking really short term, yeah, maybe today I have to get XXXYZ done, but actually you kind of can't afford to not take the walk when you really look at it long term. To your point, your biggest asset, your biggest wealth is your well-being. So right. if you pull back and say, hey, this is going to keep me well, this is ultimately really number one, two, three on my priority list. And the rest is going to get done eventually. And again, think about, and I'm currently reading a, a really interesting book. Um, it was recommended by a, actually a, a restaurateur out of all people. Um, it was, it's called The Good Ancestor. And so many, and the, the, the principle is that we have to change our thinking to more of a long-term thinking, right? And so one of the examples he calls, it was based upon the Iroquois Indians. The Iroquois Indians really think about how they will leave the land for seven generations, right? And so just think think about that one day of your life, right? Say you're 50 years old, 50 times 365 is how many days you've been on life, right? Um, and so one day out of those, I'm terrible with math, but one <laughs> one day out of all of those really is a blip in a radar. Really, it's it's you know, and and my wife always says permission to be human, right? Is that we all strive for this kind of perfection, and again, we're not perfect, and it's just it's that pursuit of perfection that really is detrimental to our health and well being, right, and to our mindset, and we are humans, and we're full of mistakes, and that's. That's okay too, you know, and with, with there's no such thing as mistakes, it's learning opportunities, all these kind of quotes. But I think it's important to realize that, you know, one bad thought, one bad day, you know, can lead to more bad days if you let it, right? And that's where again goes to the mindset. And oftentimes, you know, it's it's about four o'clock right now. And sometimes this is where most people kind of dip in their energy. And so somebody will take, I see people drinking coffee at 4 p.m., right? And so probably the easiest thing to do is get up and stretch and take a walk. And you'll find the same sort of energy you get from that cup of coffee that then three hours, four hours, five hours later won't let you let go to bed. And so it's, again, prioritize what's really important to you. And I think the life that you want will find you. And I think it's also what you're saying here. And it's about this letting go of this notion of being this machine, (laughs) 
and living up to these crazy expectations of constantly achieving and whatnot, but actually listening to your body. And I actually learned how to do that. I take a nap most days in the afternoon, literally, even if I just can rest my head on my desk for 10 minutes, then I don't, I wake up refreshed and I don't need a cup of coffee. If I can't do that, I drink a cup of coffee and that powers me through, but I never feel as good as I do if I can just rest. And my body's telling me, hey girl, rest. And if you just do it, it's amazingly effective. And the same thing with food. People, if they listen to their bodies and and really tap into, I'm hungry now, or I'm flagging and I need some energy and I need some nourishment. If they really tap into that, they're just better off. So this kind of listening in as opposed to listening to external voices or demands, I think is really, really very critical. And it ultimately makes you more productive. I, I, you know, and, and you met Julie and, and, you know, she's like the, the, the stealth health guru, right? And, and so, Julie, and just for the listeners, Julie oh, is um, Dr. Graham's wife and they work together and she's a lovely person and health professional as well. Right. And she says, people focus on working out. It starts by working in. Mm, she is good at those <laughs> phrases yeah. for sure. Oh, she's, she's, yeah, she's, it starts she's, by working in. I like that. Yeah. So we all focus on the external, you know, working out, but I think a lot of it, and it goes back to the point of one, one simple thing is changing mindset. Right. Um, and, you know, I just got, I just got to, I got to say, go back to a little, our initial conversation about how we started working together. You know, and I love the concept and it just happened to be the timing of me graduating from culinary school and you writing that book, the one pot, one, one sheet, one a hole in one, hole in one, hole in one, hole in yeah. one, hole, right? W-H-O-L-E for those yeah. who don't know about it. It's a really good book. Get it. And what's the book about <laughs> there, Ellie? What's the book about? Really? I'm just kidding. I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> I thought I'd take the opportunity you got to interview me. you, you got to, me. <laughs> to interview you for a second there. But I think that that sort of concept that you built on that book really was, and it's one of the things I have about 10 books I recommend to my patients, honestly. And it's one of those because it's simple, right? And the reason why people don't cook, if we could talk about food a little bit, is because three things, time, skill, and money, right? And what people hate the most of it all is cleaning, Right. And so you have one thing you got to clean. Right. And that really was a simple way to incorporate more cooking into your life, you know, because again, no one wants to shop. No, no one wants to do the whole thing. And Mark Bittman talks about this. No one wants to shop. No one wants to cook and no one wants to clean. Right. And so how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you make, how do you uh, uh, tell people to do this when in fact, society and our time doesn't allow it. And so these simple techniques like cooking in one vessel is really important in terms of cleanup. So um, I didn't mean to kind of plug your book, but but it literally is one of those books I recommend to my patients. Well, that means the world to me, really. And whenever my fellow dietitians or physicians, health professionals recommend my books to people, it just, it really fills me up. So thank you for telling me that. Um, so let's just review a little bit fresh food, relaxation, exercise, sleep, and happiness. And you said you had a simple recipe. I like the yes. word recipe, which is your prescription yep. for uh, for the listeners. All right. So when it simple, when it comes to food, eat more plants. Relaxation. Relax for 10 minutes a day. 
Exercise. Move for 30 minutes a day. Sleep. Aim for seven to eight hours. Happiness. Other people matter. It's based in positive psychology by Chris Peterson. And it's not the money. It's not the fame. It's not the job. It's the people you surround yourself with that really truly make you happy. And our our motto really in, in, in at Fresh is when it comes to health, it starts with food. But at the end, what we truly want in life is to be happy. And so that is our simple recipe of prescription. When you think about these little simple things you can do on every single day, that is synergistic and will, the greatest side effect of it is health. I just love that. And I love the specificity of it because it makes it really actionable. And it's not just some vague notion of what this means, but it's some really doable stuff. And I really hope everyone's going to keep that in mind and actually implement it because those small things can make a huge difference. Um, I would love to wrap up there, except I have one question for you. You know, you mm-hmm. had said that most doctors stop you after 18 seconds when you're talking about your chief quote unquote complaint. So how do you find someone who actually is going to tap in and listen to you? So uh, we w- I would love you to share your website and I'll have it also a link to it on my website on this podcast page. Um, But in general, wherever you are, is there a way, how do you know, how do you find a physician? How do you find a primary care provider who will listen, who will look at at this like kind of lifestyle um, medicine? It's it's, again, um, word of mouth referrals. I think that's probably one of the most important things Um, because in healthcare, you do have a choice, right? Um, And so align yourself with people that align with your kind of health, your health kind of mindset. Um, The other thing, you know, I am, like you said, credentialed, you know, I am a board certified internist. I am board certified in integrative medicine. I'm board certified in holistic medicine, lifestyle medicine. And so there's a lot of things that I learned, right? And I would say physicians that have training in lifestyle medicine, functional medicine, and integrative medicine, at least have this mindset but also the education to support these sort of ingredients. Now, these are fresh five ingredients or mine, but I think if you try to find a doctor with either of those credentials, then there's boards for all of them. The Board of Integrative Medicine, the Board of Lifestyle Medicine, uh, the Academy of Functional Medicine, those type of docs um, do at least approach the patient encounter through that lens. Well, that's really important to know. Thanks for that insight. And Mm -hmm. uh, so do tell us your website and also if there's anything you want to add before we wrap it up. Now, I think it's always so good to see you, Ellie. Um, and we should go take a walk. Yes, we are going to take a walk. Okay. We'll take a walk. We're making it public. Uh, We're going to take a walk soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, together. Yes. Yes, yeah. of course. Um, that- so, so our company name is Fresh Medicine. Our website is Fresh Med NYC. It's the same thing on all socials, um, and we're here in Manhattan, but we also have an online school, and I recommend that if for people who don't have access to see me, go to our website, go on our, our online courses, then take the free guide to the Fresh Five, and it's our gift to our community. Um, if you can't see me as, you know, as a doc um, or as a company, you know, it's a free guide. It's, a, it's fresh. It's, it's a 20-minute f- class that you get credit, and you are what we call certified fresh. I love it. 
I love it. Thank you, Dr. Robert Graham, my friend. Uh, You're awesome. We're taking a walk soon. And I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. I hope you found the conversation today totally refreshing. Join me next time for another one real good thing.